0: Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jimmy. And we're the Talk to the Hand podcast. Hello, Beth. Hi, Jimmy.
1: How are we feeling today?
0: We're good today.
1: Have you started the calm down to Christmas? I did listen
0: to a Christmas song the other
1: day. Oh my God.
0: Can't have like Heart Christmas and as a
1: dedicated yeah, radio yeah. station? And
0: I flicked on it the other day thinking, oh, they wouldn't have started them yet. They had. <laughs>
1: Surely the only heart radio station you should be listening to is Heart 90s.
0: Yeah, that is a good one too, but I just happened to say, I was just curious. Who are we going to talk about today, Jimmy?
1: Today we've got a really interesting character, and what's particularly interesting about this person is that he's kind of had two careers. One of the careers was how I got to know him, and the other one was how you got to know him.
0: That is true.
1: The person we're going to cover today is Vinnie Jones.
0: Vinnie Jones.
1: What are your thoughts on Vinnie?
0: See, I like him. Obviously, I didn't really know about him with the footballer, and he's hes not a nice person when you talked about him on the pitch and everything. <laughs> but I like him from Ooh. Celebrity Big Brother and also Lockstop.
1: I guess with maturity, he probably changed a bit, but he certainly was a bit of a character on the pitch, mm-hmm. you we say. So we'll talk about Vinnie Jones. Really hope you enjoyed the story today, whether you introduced to him through his football career or through his later acting career. So Beth,
0: let's rewind to the 90s.
1: Vincent Peter Jones was born on January the 5th, 1965 in Watford. His father, Peter Jones, was a gamekeeper and his mother, Glenda Harris, worked as a cook.
0: Can I just interrupt you? Gamekeeper? Yeah. I don't really hear about them anymore, do you? Gamekeeper?
1: But Vinnie Jones actually got into shooting and stuff, so that, I think that's where his interest in that came from. Yeah. <laughs> so during his childhood, uh, Jones exhibited a natural athleticism and competitive spirit. He was actively involved in sports from a young age, particularly football. However, his strong-willed and occasionally rebellious nature did lead to disciplinary issues and he was expelled from school at the age of 14. That's so that's the age of our eldest child.
0: Yes. So imagine if they got uh, expelled from How school. How
1: would you feel about that?
0: Oh, shocked. You blame um, me. Yeah, I would as well. If, especially if it had been about rudeness.
1: What? <laughs> Charming. Yeah. I'm 100%. absolutely hurt by that.
0: There's a little teeny tiny bit of wants
1: to say yes. Well.
0: Go on, sorry. Oh, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. But yeah. it
1: still could hurt. <laughs> Despite his disciplinary troubles, Joan's passion for football remained undiminished. He began playing for local youth teams where his physical style of play and aggression on the pitch started to become evident, and these qualities would later define his football career.
0: As a teenager, Vinny Jones had several run-ins with the law. His involvement in petty crimes, including theft and vandalism, landed him in trouble with the authorities. After a serious altercation with another teenager, Jones realised that he needed to make a change in his life. He decided to channel his energy and aggression into something positive and constructive. Football became the outlet of his intensity.
1: He was signed by Wheelstone Football Club, a semi-professional club based in Harrow. At the time of Jones' signing, he had competed in non-league football divisions in England, specifically the Alliance Premier League, which is now known as the National League. I think you were just about to say that. I was,
0: wasn't I? Yes.
1: He worked in his day job as a hod carrier on construction sites while he was playing for Wheelstone.
0: Benny Jones signing for Wheelstone represented an opportunity for him to break into professional football. Wimbledon, like many non-league clubs, was a stepping stone for talented players looking to make a name for themselves and move up the football pyramid. His performances at the club began to attract attention from high-level teams, which eventually led to his move to Wimbledon FC in 1986, the fee being a modest £10,000 for the then 21-year-old.
1: The club Wimbledon was known for its direct style of play and had earned a reputation as a team that punched above his weight. So they'd come up from Division 4, which is the equivalent of League 2 today. And they'd come up in consecutive seasons to the top division and they never compromised in their tactics. You really only became aware of football after we got together. Yes, yeah. Wimbledon were, they were a rough side. They didn't play what we consider to be attractive football. So typically what they do is lump the ball forward. A lot of the game would be spent with the ball in the air and then they would be quite aggressive winning the okay. challenges afterwards. Jones became an integral part of Wimbledon's famous crazy gang a nickname given to the team due to their unconventional and often aggressive approach to the game. The team embraced physicality and intimidation as part of their strategy, and Jones was a perfect fit for this ethos. Other players in the team included Dennis Wise and John I, Fashionu. I
0: remember Dennis Wise, he played for
1: Chelsea, didn't he? He did, he played for Chelsea. The Little Fella. <laughs> to, to little fella. <laughs> so that's
0: a for me, really. But what's
1: brilliant is when you said the Little Fella, you put your hand up, you did a little wave like, oh, the Little Fella. <laughs> How tall are you, Beth? two. Right, so <laughs> probably a bit unfair. And also John Fashionu. And we mentioned John Fashionu in Episode 8 when we talked about the fake shape. We did. And of course, John Fashionu was co-host with Arika Johnson on The
0: Gladiators.
1: ka, ka, So it wasn't just opponents who suffered. New players for Wimbledon were subject to various outlandish practical jokes. You're not going to like this, no. Beth. so these practical jokes included being stripped and forced to walk home naked, and having your belongings set on fire. To players being tied to the roof of a car at the training ground and being driven at high speeds along the A three. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you wouldn't get it now, would no. you? No. Vinnie Jones described the atmosphere at the club by saying, "You either grew a backbone quickly, or you dissolved as a man." And we also mentioned Vinnie Jones in episode two when we talked about him grabbing Paul Gascoigne by the by the nuts, Yeah. yeah. One of the biggest shocks of FA Cup history occurred in 1988 when unfancied Wimbledon defeated Liverpool in the final. And Liverpool were a club who literally just won the league.
0: And that was the Premier League. Was it, it wasn't was the, the
1: Premier League at that time, no, no. It was the first division. But the
0: first, it was the top. It was yeah. the
1: top division at the time, yeah. So Finny Jones set the tone for the day in the very early minutes when he put a savage premeditated foul in on Liverpool's hard man midfielder Steve McMahon go on YouTube and put in Vinnie Jones tackle Steve McMahon. It is brutal. So Vinnie later recalled, I'd watched a video and Hanson or someone would knock the ball to McMahon who then let it come across him to open up so he could play it out the other side. The boys knew I were going to smash him because I told them that if I could do it early enough the referee wasn't going to send me off in front of about 100,000 people. But I didn't get too much of a response from the lad so it was a bit of a gamble.
0: And this is the bit, I have to say, This is these stories I don't like. Why You don't have to be doing that.
1: <laughs> so when the ball came to him, I started running. I was about 30 yards away and I kept thinking, just open up. And he did and I thought, Merry Christmas. Boom. <laughs>
0: yeah, is it? No, I don't agree with
1: that. What about when your son puts one of those challenges in? Not
0: premeditated. He's telling all the lads, oh, I'm going to do this. No, that's not nice. If you feel that a tackle is needed within the game, then fair enough. But not, no, no.
1: Not much. but you have to remember football was very different in yeah, the late 80s nice. than it was now a lot of that there was always this thing about get a big tackle in in the first few minutes and set the tone so vinnie jones was taking it upon himself to do that and he specifically picked out the the guy in the midfield who probably would have done the equivalent tackles for liverpool after the success of the fa cup the wimbledon team began to splinter as their key players were signed up to other clubs In 1989, Jones made a move to Leeds, who played a division below for a fee of £650,000. Leeds won the league and promotion that season.
0: Why would Finney Jones go to a club that was lower than Wimbledon?
1: I imagine they were paying good wages at the time. And if you think about it, Wimbledon had paid £10,000 for Vinnie Jones. And here they were just a few years later selling him for 650000 And prices back then, that was quite a lot of money. Mm. He'd lost this place in the side a couple of years later and moved to Sheffield United for £700,000. He did only stay there for one year before being sold to Chelsea. And to be very clear, this was not the post abramovich Chelsea we know today. They were much more of mm. a kind of a mid-table club. He broke a record while he was at Chelsea when he managed to get booked three seconds into a game against Sheffield United, the team he'd just left. Three
0: seconds? Yeah. Like, the ref's hardly blown his (laughs) whistle. Player within three seconds to tackle him.
1: He found a way.
0: After just one season at Chelsea, he rejoined Wimbledon for the 92 93 season and stayed for six years. It was around this time he presented a video called Soccer's Hard Man, which basically showed brutal tackles and Jones given advice for people who wanted to be hard men in football. He was fined £20,000 for bringing the game into disrepute and given a six month ban suspended for three years. Yeah, too right. <laughs> Imagine if that was on YouTube
1: now. I have to oh, say, right, it was go. it was rubbish. The, the video was, was rubbish. Awful. I remember at the time, there was a lot of people who wanted to watch it, thinking, oh, we're going to see what really, oh, good ways of doing stuff. And it was rubbish. It was absolutely rubbish. <laughs> on the pitch, he was racking up so many yellow and red cards that he was called into the FA, but he failed to turn up. They banned him indefinitely until he claimed he'd mixed up the hearing date. He was then given a four-match ban.
0: He is not the type of role model that you see footballers today.
1: I don't think any of the Wimbledon team would have been the type of role models that you would want your son to look up to. They weren't as gifted as the teams they were playing alongside, so they had to resort to a different type of game. when, When I said earlier... They relied on the physical aspects of the game and intimidation. They really did. They would go at people in the tunnel before they even got onto the pitch and they'd win a lot of their matches before they'd get out onto the pitch because they'd have the other team terrified. Yeah. It was around this time that Jones was desperate to play international football. He was never going to get picked for England. So he tried to play for Ireland, but his services were not taken up. However, he did have a Welsh grandparent and Wales did seize the opportunity to play Jones and he went on to be capped nine times. Oh, fair play. There was quite a bit of mocking about Jones playing international football. He wasn't seen as being good enough. Jimmy Greaves said at the time, well stone me, we've had cocaine, bribery and Arsenal scoring two goals at home. But just when you thought there were truly no surprises left in football, Vinny Jones turns out to be an international player.
0: In a happier moment, Jones married Tanya Terry in 94. They were next door neighbours in Watford when they were 12 years old and had gone off and had a child each before getting together and eventually walking down the aisle. That's nice. Vinnie left Wimbledon for the second time to become player coach of QPR in early 98 but announced his retirement from football later that year at the age of 34. He received 12 red cards in his career.
1: That same year, Vinny was convicted of assault, occasioning actual bodily harm and criminal damage against a neighbour after he punched, kicked, and bit his neighbour following a row over the removal of a style that Jones had erected on the edge of his land. You're going off him, Jones, now, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I am going off him. That's not good. I don't
1: know. What, what bit didn't you like? Was it the it was
0: punching, nice the got... kicking, yeah. or the
1: beating? All of, or the, the biting. biting.
0: <laughs> the biting. All of it. He's a grown man, he's 34 years old, why is he acting like that? To his
1: neighbour! Yeah but his neighbour was moaning about a style that Jones had. Okay, <laughs> so you invite them in for a cup
0: of tea and then you sit down and you try and sort it out.
1: It was around this point that you would have become aware of Vinnie Jones though because he was approached by Guy Ritchie and was randomly offered a cameo in their new film, Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. He did a couple of days filming but they called him back after deciding to make his role bigger. He played a mob enforcer named Big Chris and ended up winning the Empire Award for Best Newcomer in 1999. His performance caught the attention of Hollywood and he reprised a similar role in Richie's Snatch, which was made in 2000.
0: And that's the one with Brad Pitt,
1: isn't it? That's the one with Brad Pitt playing the the boxer, Traveller. Did you like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Bells? I did. That was a great film. I do, yeah,
0: I do. Again... I've only watched it because of obviously being with you, I think. I wouldn't you, have watched you, it at home. You
1: were much more into your uh, your Hugh gone. Yes, yeah.
0: But yes, uh, but I did like it. I did like it. Vinnie Jones's Hollywood career took off with roles in prominent films like Gone in 60 Seconds. Do you remember that one? I
1: do. That was a good film.
0: Yeah, I did. Um, Nicolas Cage and Angelina mm-hmm. Jolie. And
1: Vinnie Jones.
0: And Vinny Jones, <laughs> um, Swordfish in 2001 and X-Men The Last Stand in 2006. His tough guy image from his football days translated well into action movie films. Despite his Hollywood success, Jones continued to work in British cinema with notable roles in films like Mean Machine and The Condemned. Jones expanded his acting repertoire with appearances on popular TV series such as Elementary and Arrow.
1: In the midst of his acting success, he was convicted of assault and threatening behaviour on an aircraft for an air-rage incident during which he slapped a passenger in the face and threatened to murder the cabin crew while he was drunk on an aircraft. This man is crazy. He certainly had an edge to him, didn't he? An edge?
0: A sharp edge.
1: (laughs) In 2010, and like so many names we've already covered in our podcast episodes, Jones went into the Celebrity Big Brother house. He was a big favourite to win the show, having loudly been cheered into the house. However, his popularity waned when he was in there and the crowd chanted, Get Vinny out on the final night and booed him as he left the house, finishing in third place.
0: Can you remember why we were saying Get Vinny out?
1: Well, in the early days of the series it looked like he was going to win. He cooked, he cleaned, he hung food out for the little birds. But he also did a lot of sitting in the background. But he eventually became a bit overbearing. A bit
0: full of himself.
1: Well, he started to kind of take over as I remember. Sort of he wasn't just cooking, but he was like trying to own the kitchen. Don't you dare do this or do that or Mm. this was the one that Sisko was in. Yeah. And at the time Sisko had said, Oh, the house had become Vinny's house. And Vinnie got the hunt with that and demanded that Big Brother deal with Cisco's offensive behaviour. <laughs> so it was all a bit bit yeah. bizarre but I, I suppose when you've got a bunch of celebrities who are all the centre of their own universe yeah. in their private lives it's very difficult then to lump them in together and not to expect yes. their egos will bump up against each well, other well that's what they
0: want to happen don't they
1: of course they do so, absolutely but yeah I think his, his ego in the end and it, it, he became a bit controlling mm-hmm. he's always had a bit in him that's not nice we've talked about some of the, the yeah. incidents that had gone on and I think he has definitely matured as he's got older but there's still a little mm-hmm. bit in there but then there was something horrible That happened in 2013. Both Vinny and his wife Tanya were both diagnosed with melanoma, the most dangerous form of skin cancer which kills around 2,000 people every year in the UK. And they both got the all clear two years later, but it returned for Tanya. She found out it had spread to her brain in a phone call at their home in Palm Springs on Christmas Eve, while they had 15 or so family members around for Christmas. Vinny said that Tanya was determined to have the best Christmas ever so kept it a secret from everyone.
0: Tanya was 53 years old when she passed away in 2019. The pair had been married for 25 years. Vinny talks about her all the time and feels broken inside. He has publicly stated that he will never marry again. He talks bravely and openly about his grief to help raise awareness of mental health issues particularly amongst men.
1: I think this was the time when I definitely started to see a different side of Vinnie Jones. It's one of those situations where you've got your outer facade, the way that the wider world knows you. Mm -hmm. But it does appear that he had this much softer side behind closed doors. And it really started to transcend those doors after Tanya died. And he Mm -hmm. started talking openly about it. And he comes across with such deep emotion. You really genuinely Mm -hmm. get drawn into feeling for him. You can clearly see he's lost his soulmate. And he's got no pretense or anything trying to hide that from you. Mm. He wants everybody to know about these things and get checked and that kind of stuff. So he has been brilliant on that side of things. Mm. Since her death, everywhere Vinny goes, he takes with him a white card emblazoned with the words, always believe something wonderful is going to happen. And inside that card is the final heartbreaking love letter from his wife, Tanya, written before she lost her cancer battle. It says, to my love Vin, Something wonderful happens to me every day. It's being with you. You are my morning sunshine the moment I wake. All my love, Tanya. And Vinny said he carries this with him so that she's always with him. So sweet. You're welling up, aren't yeah. you? It's very, it, and this is what I mean about him. Mm. He's done some vulgar mm. things throughout his life. But we're all loved by somebody. Yeah. And then yeah. you don't always see... Like I'm, we have a lot of silly fun behind yeah. closed yeah, doors, yeah, yeah. but... We wouldn't necessarily behave that way, although we probably do, to be fair, a lot of the time, but, you know, there Um. are things that are just, just us. And Vinny and Tanya clearly had okay. that.
0: Yeah, because they were married for twenty five years, so there must have been that connection between the two of them.
1: And you could sort of imagine, and again I'm reaching a bit here, but mm. you could sort of imagine that when he has these instances of getting himself into trouble, getting into scraps, getting arrested, he'd go back to Tanya and she'd shake her head and she'd give him a hug and she'd kind mm. of make him alright again and, and normality for him. The normality he's grounding. And having lost that must have been such a significant blow. Really
0: sad.
1: Vinnie Jones has made more than a 100 films, often playing criminals or thugs. He was often a criminal or a thug on the football pitch too. He drank too much, but he's now been sober for 11 years. The man who began in the gritty world of non-league football and managed to get onto the international stage. The man who finished one career at the top level and began another which took him to Hollywood. Love him or hate him. Finney Jones has to have earned your respect.
0: You see, I like him again now.
1: If you think about it, on the football pitch he played the hard man. In the yeah. films he played the hard man. So sometimes in his life that's going to creep into it. It did creep in a lot. <laughs> it did creep
0: in a lot. I do like him again now. I think it is a case of, I think he's got a violent past and it seems to be his way of dealing with things is with aggression. But obviously losing his wife, he'll never get over that now and I just hope he has the support of the children to I, help him through
1: it. I remember he got in touch with Gaza and they started doing the tours going out and, and yeah. they'd started doing some of that together, centred around the famous picture yes. of them yeah. grabbing Gaza's nuts. They're both recovering alcoholics. Yeah. So they did yeah. have that in common. Um mm. and they, they were going out doing those tours and events. And I think that would have probably helped both of mm-hmm. them, having yeah. someone else in the same boat, giving yeah. you that kind of company as you're going around. Yeah. Jones was a force of nature, both on the pitch and when he got into acting. So I imagine yeah. having that kind of drive for Gaza would have been quite oh, useful. Yes.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. want to say
1: sidekick, but you know yeah. what I mean? Wing, yeah. Wingman. Wingman. Wingman, yeah, that sounds wingman. better. Yeah. So yeah, really interesting story on Vinnie yeah. Jones. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at Beth at talktothehands.co.uk or jimmy at talktothehands.co.uk You can also check us out on our website www.talktothehands.co.uk or reach us on Twitter at talktothehandspod
0: With the two being the number two.
1: Thanks everyone for joining us. See you on the next episode. Until then, talk talk to to the the hands. hands.